Hey guys, Joe here. Before we get to today's podcast, I wanted to give a quick shout out and a thank you to one of our sponsors, Bolt. Coast to coast, you've seen their buildings, but did you know they're based right here in Appleton, Wisconsin? They are one of the companies that make our community so special. Bolt has been an inspiration for our Red Smith group with their philosophy, Bold Thinking. It's a mindset that challenges assumptions, encourages collaboration, and frees imagination. And it constantly finds the value that traditional thinking can't. It's what we're trying to do as a Red Smith group, and Bolt has been doing it for 130 plus years. Thank you, Bolt, for your support. And now, enjoy the show. Good to see you, man. Shane, I've been a fan of yours. We were talking before, man. I I remember coming across the Shane Sparks guy in early 2000s at the score in Appleton when you guys were first starting with Jim Caston and shoot sports radio was just, I mean, it was, a, it was brand new almost back then. And, and and you appear on the scene in the Fox Valley and just lit it up. And it's a pleasure to, to hook up with you. Yeah, Joe, love talking to you. Great to see you. And yeah, I think back to those early days. I started, I believe it was like October of 2002 and uh, it didn't take long. Jim Caston and I, at that time, it was called the Press Box. I think it was on like 11 in the morning, uh, all local radio. But uh, the score will always have a special place in my heart. It's kind of like kind of like your first girlfriend, right? You know, it's like your first kiss, basically. So I uh, love the people of Appleton. I remember going to the Red Smith Banquets. At that time, I was amazed by the banquets, the people, the guests that would come in there. Such a community event. I love the cause uh, for youth sports. And I remember at that time, Joe, it's, it's kind of crazy. Here we are almost 20 years later. I remember at that time thinking somehow, some way I want to be a part of this banquet and to get to MC. it's super fired up. And you and I were talking about Bill Walton. I put a tweet out a couple of years ago that if I could broadcast a wrestling match with anybody as my analyst, it would be Bill Walton. Super entertaining. And I can't wait to be on the stage uh, there back in Appleton with Bill Walton. That's going to be a fantastic time. But yeah. AM 1570, Appleton, that area, really where I got my start. So, uh, like I said before, just always grateful for those opportunities. The radio station, Greg Bell, at that time was the station manager. Uh, Jim Caston, still a friend. Uh, He texted me. I was doing the Big Ten Championships a couple of weeks ago, and he texted me, your tie is crooked. Like, get better. So Yeah. uh, Jim Jim had a great that time. He had a great sense of humor. I, I, I miss Jim. He was a good friend. He, you know, I'll always be thankful to Jim. I was a stringer for him back when Holmgren first got here. And, you know, just sure. me in the locker room, you know, just, I'm shoot, I'm a short little guy. I'm, I got the microphone straight up trying to get interviews for, for Jim Caston back in the 90s. Great times, great memories, and and what a guy for, for sure. Um, did you always want to be a sportscaster? I mean, you're living your dream. Is this year when little Shane Sparks was in third grade? What what was he? Could, yeah, what would he say? Yeah, this was it. I mean, yeah. I, have a, I have a picture at my house probably one of my most prized possessions, you know, material anyways. And it's a picture of me as uh, a 12 year old uh, doing PA at a baseball game. And I would mix in play by play along with the PA. I grew up in Ripon, Wisconsin, uh, not far from Appleton. And I was, I think I was about 10 years old and they let me get out of the PA and do these baseball tournaments. And that was, that was unbelievable that they let some little loud mouth 10 year old get behind the microphone and, and basically broadcast these little league tournaments and I never had a plan B. That was all I ever wanted to do. I mean, I, I wouldn't know what, I'd have no idea. What was the second thing I wanted to do? I have no idea. It was always be a sports broadcaster. I remember growing up in those days, the Cubs were on WGN in the afternoon. Atlanta Braves were on TBS. Mets were on WOR. Those were the three stations. Because remember, you know, in the 1980s, the Brewers were not, you'd get their road games, a good chunk of them, but you'd never get a Brewer game when they were at Old County Stadium, maybe once right. or twice a year, that was it. So right. I fell in love with the Atlanta Braves uh, because they were on. It was accessible on the Superstation TBS. But I just always, always wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Uh, my favorite story ever. I've told it a million times, and I, I never get sick of telling it because it was so impactful. I went to a Brewer-Tiger game on a Wednesday afternoon in July of 1987. I was 12 years old. And uh, I remember getting out of the car. I was looking at, at County Stadium and my mom had asked me what I was doing. And I got, I got, I was a pretty emotional kid and I'm, I'm pretty emotional now, pretty, you know, just passionate, grateful stuff just really impacts me. 
And my mom asked me what I was doing, and I stared at, at the stadium, and I said, I want to work at places like this someday. This is what I want to do. And she looked at me very matter-of-factly and said, that's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to do. And that was the end of the conversation. They never, my, my parents were so supportive, never slammed anything down my throat. Let me find my own path, my own passion, my own purpose. And, uh, and I love doing this. And to this day, I, I did the, ES, the, the national tournament for ESPN last week. Uh, outside of Little Caesars Arena, I did the Big Ten Championships a couple weeks ago at another big stadium. I, I get to work at these big venues. And to this day, every time I, I get ready to walk in, I take about 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and stare at that stadium like I did when I was 12 and uh, and just remind myself of of how grateful I am and how this is what I wanted to do. So make the you know, most of the opportunity and go in and, and get it done. Shane, I mean, that, that's you literally read my mind. I, I have written down here that I wanted to ask you that there is really no better feeling in this world, is there, than that 10 seconds when you have prepped for whatever broadcast you're going to do, the weeks leading up to it, and you get out of that Uber or off that train or bus or however you get to that venue, and you you walk from that point and through the gates. I mean, is there literally any better feeling than, than that walk? Professionally, there's not. You know, there's not. I mean, even – and I just always had – I always had a little bit of a fascination with just the way pro athletes lived. And, and I'm not in that category by any stretch, but I get to taste it at least. I get to taste it. I get to, I get to drive into the private parking lot. I get to go through security. It's like little things like that that just, at least from in my profession, it's, it's the major leagues. I mean, it just, it just is. I mean, those, you got the, the big production trucks and you work with phenomenal people and, uh, and I love that feeling. And then, you know, you prep for it. You got the work in, the haze in the barn. And then that feeling that I love is one minute to air, guys. Let's have a great yeah. show. There uh, is nothing for me that that professionally matches that feeling because it is it's something. I mean, I, I just dreamed of it. And I'm just honestly so grateful that I get to do it. And I can't wait, Joe, someday. I'm hoping God doesn't take me from this earth for a while because I, I like it down here. But when he does, I want to sit down with, with Jesus with a great scotch and a cigar and just ask him, like, why were you so great to me? Because I know I failed him far too many times, but uh, it's been a great ride and, and hopefully it's it's not over yet. But at the same time, my attitude is it could be over tomorrow. And I think that helps me a lot because I appreciate it. I, I don't for one second think that, uh, the show doesn't go on because it does. It always goes on. Just uh, Shane, you're, you're behind the seat for now. You're so passionate. And, and I think that's what attracts people to you is, is, is just, it's you, it's that passion. It's that, that drive. It's all of it. it it's, it's just you doing you in this life. And it's, I mean, I've told you this before and not to sound corny. I love to watch it. It's, you know, I don't know if envious is the right word, but it's just, it's a pleasure to watch you just, do what you do and, and, and have the passion because that might not be the norm. You know, we don't see that every day. And, and if, you, if you just really study and just watch what you're doing, it's so great to, to, to watch you do your thing and you're good at it. You're, you're really good at it. And the, and you're right that, that, that life, that, that, that um, you just, your, your day to day and just what that life is like is, is so fascinating. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's just, you know, I can't say it enough. Just, it's just the thing of gratitude for me. I mean, I think God gives us all special gifts and talents. I mean, every single person, that's another thing I love about life in general is you can meet any person there is, anybody. They all have things that they can do that blow you away. Every single person. And uh, this has been the talent I've been given. And I just always try to, you know, quite frankly, give, give, you know, God gets the glory and I do the best I can with what he's given me. And, and here we are. You know, that, that, that's a great message. And one, you've hit on really one of the things that we want this podcast to be is to be able to tell those stories and to you know be inspiration to kids. There's so many 13, 17-year-old kids out there that have their whole life in front of them. And to see you as, a, as, a, as an example and tell your story and be that, you know, be a role model uh, in some senses, it, it's uh, it, these kids need those positive stories. There's far too much negative out there. And if, if we can fill them with positives, and you're certainly one of them, Man, that's what we're here to do. That that's 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 all part of the Red Smith, you know, message. And yeah, absolutely. And uh, coaches, I mean, coaches and teachers. I mean, that's where 
I mean, I, I was at the Wisconsin State Tournament. I do that broadcast. That was, you know, let's say a month ago. And I get I get choked up every year because I go find my youth wrestling coach, Herm Leitz, uh, one of my high school coaches, Ron Melogic and Rippin, and then my fifth grade teacher, uh, Mr. Don Gregor. He was my teacher as a 10-year-old. And the impact that those guys have had on me is incredible. I mean, my fifth grade teacher, I, I'm telling you, this guy changed my life because he taught me, Joe, he taught me to compete. And I think that's really important. You learn, you got to learn how to compete. This stuff isn't easy. I mean, that, that's the one thing too, like it's not easy. I mean, people see the, people see, you know, maybe me on TV and it's, it's pretty glorious. That's what it looks like. But you don't see the other, you don't see, you don't see me at two 30 in the morning when I've been up for three days, cramming more prep work in. It's difficult. And uh, hard work. It, it's important. Kids learn how to compete. You don't have to win. I mean, it, it's not about winning. It's And I've learned this as I've gotten older. I mean, I'm 46 now. I didn't know this at 20. But it's about the process. Like, really enjoy the process. That's what you want to fall in love with. Don't fall in love with the results. Fall in love with the process. And uh, and learn how to compete. But but those guys had a huge impact. And, and again, with the Red Smith, giving kids opportunities, helping them achieve their, their goals and aspirations, that's really important because you don't get there alone. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. The people at the top, like they say, it's lonely at the top. It's not lonely at the top. You're up there with an army of people from parents, teachers, coaches, friends, families, coworkers, you know, executive leadership that gives you the opportunities. You need all those people. And I'm a big believer too, Joe Wynn, and I live by this stuff because it's, I'm right. When we do a broadcast, every single person on that crew is important. If the people, you know, laying the wire down or connecting the cords, whatever that might be, if they don't do their job, we're not on. I mean, they are super, super, super important. And when you're on a team, you have to be, you know, you got to be one of those guys that understands that. I mean, nobody's bigger than the team. Nobody. I mean, it's it's like the name, the name across the front of the jersey is way more important than the back. I'm not a big Yankee fan, Joe. I'm not a big Yankee fan, but I'll tell you what I love about the Yankees. No last names on the back of the jerseys. Yeah, it's classic. It. I love I it, love too. Because it's not about the last name. It's about the front. The Absolutely. Or whatever organization it is. And uh, and that's that's super critical, too. And in, in anything you do, you got to check your ego at the door. I mean, I told people, Joe, and I mean this, when I've gotten some of these opportunities with these networks, and I mean this, if you need somebody to clean the bathrooms or sweep the truck, I'm your guy. I'm right. Your, let's, whatever. I can care right. less. I'm not a. I'm not above anything. Oh, I'm the. I, and I'll tell you something. I hate. And, and Mike Cousins and I, Mike. Uh, I work with Mike. He's a great broadcaster. Went to Syracuse. He does a lot of basketball, football, wrestling. He does a lot of stuff, and he's fantastic. Super talented guy, but an, but an even better human being. And him and I were joking in Detroit last week. We're like, you know what phrase we hate is when the play-by-play guy is referred to as the talent it, it, it i hate it don't, don't <laughs> call me that just just call me an announcer i'm not the talent everybody's talented here uh actually, i don't know where i got going on that rant joe but uh i, I guess like i said before you, you you check your ego at the door and in team sports you know be be a good teammate be a good teammate because that's what people remember i mean you can yeah. be a great player or whatever if people don't like you what good is it, right? It's like, oh, you're a great exactly. player, but, but I don't want to hang out with you. I'd rather be a guy that's not very good, but it's like, that guy is a good team player. He's coachable. He's a guy I want to hang out with. That's the stuff that matters. Really important. It, I, I, Man, we're, we're right there. We're, we're, we're together in that. And I, I think, honestly, you touched on it a little bit. It takes some years. It takes some repetition in life to start appreciate appreciating what you just talked about and and just that 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 passion it takes a while to develop that and you run across all kinds of people we we you know it's amazing what what life throws at us but you're absolutely right and you know what's super important Joe along those same lines failure failure yeah. I, yep. some of my favorite moments are failure and and I we joke about it it's a joke i mean mike uh rob zergev and i joke about this all the time one of my favorite failures was I tried to get into the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers in 2000, 
man, was it 2002? Yeah, 2002. And I couldn't get in. And I tried Rob Zergev. We joke about it. I would take a resume there like every day. Like every day. He's, and he <laughs> jokes that he always had those folders because I right. put the resume in there. It didn't happen. And I'm telling you, at the time it was disappointing. But I, I, my faith's important to me. I believe in, in, in God's plan. And part of that plan is not getting what you want all the time. It doesn't work like that. And I, some of my biggest blessings are failures. And I think that's one thing too. embrace the failure. You know, timing is, is so important. And I've always thought too, like, no might mean just not now. Don't, don't get discouraged. Don't be blaming people, pointing fingers, just use it to, to better yourself. And I think a little humility, I've been humbled a few times, believe me. And I, yeah. I wouldn't trade that for anything. How long does it take you to get over that initial shock? I mean, we all, whatever the failure is, you, you've got that initial, holy, Hannah, this is really happening. What, what, what is that your media process in those few days, weeks, whatever the case might be? That's a really good question. Uh, because on the, on the top ESPN team, it took me 11 years to crack it. 11 years. Trust me. I wanted that far earlier than 11 years. Uh, Big Ten Network, I think I've been there 11 years. Uh, became the lead play-by-play guy two years ago. Hey, if it was up to me, I would have been seven, eight years ago, right? Right. But I think it's trusting the process. I, again, I go back to the process, being patient, and I'm not an overly patient guy, but I've, I, I've been patient. And as far as the thought process, I think it has to be don't feel sorry for yourself. Keep working. Don't backstab anybody. I, I think that's one of the main reasons. Yeah. You, you, you can't be backstabbing people. Be a professional. Again, be a be good nice. Be yeah. a good mate. Be nice. Do it the right way. And uh, so, so for me, I wouldn't say it gets me down too long. I, I think it's just a quick reminder of keep working. Don't get discouraged. Uh, and, and quite frankly, Joe, and this has really helped me out, and I believe it. This is just not maybe where God wanted me right now. Maybe this is, you know, maybe maybe this door shuts, and I'm disappointed. And thank God it does, because because this one shut, another one opened up, which is far better. So I also, I, I think my faith is just, that's just what I believe. I, I just yeah. believe. Oh, I mean, that, that's fantastic. It's a tremendous skill to have. It's a, it's a life skill. And it's, it's not everybody has that in, in the, you know, with you know, the guys, I, I think guys struggle with that, with, with, with failure. And it, it's it's nice to hear guys talking about that because it's it's, it's important that we, you know, by nature, we, we we're pretty closed and, and, and guard, I guess, our, our, our emotions. And it's, it's nice to be able to talk about it and, and understand, you know, we're all going through the same things. Might be sure. at different levels, different jobs, but yep. we're all dealing with the same stuff. And it's, 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 it's comforting to hear. Okay. Failure is a good thing. Yeah, I think failure is a great thing. I think it's very necessary. I mean, very few people just go from zero to 100 and take the top perch from whatever profession they have. It just doesn't work like that. I mean, and I and, like, I mean, I like, um, I don't know. I just, I just enjoyed I mean, I go back, Joe, when I, I don't, I've told this story a bunch too, but uh, I mean, I had some, I, I had a son when I was 20 years old that threw everything off course. I mean, it really threw everything off course and, and Austin will be 26 in May and I wouldn't train him for anything. But that decision, uh, you, you know, just didn't make the best decisions. I mean, that's one thing that I, I have, if I could give myself a, a lecture at, or just give myself some advice at 18, make good decisions because uh, bad decisions have consequences and you don't get to choose the consequences. That, that's one thing that I've kind of learned. But I, at that time went through a number of different jobs, just man, just, just trying to survive and get, you know, get through the day. And I was, I was working at Colosso Jeep in Appleton and John Colosso is another one of those guys. I was talking about him last night at dinner. John Colosso taught me how to compete. He's another one of those guys. He taught me how to compete and John was hard on me. He would bring me into his office at Colosso Jeep. This is in 2001. And we would do like sales training back and forth, drilling on selling. And he'd almost have me in tears sometimes, but he saw something in me and he dedicated the time to me. And I love John. I will, I will take a bullet for John Colasso forever. 
you know, so little plug there for, for Colossal Jeep. But well, it speaks to the fact that there are mentors all around us. Again, no matter what we do, if you just take the time to, to listen and sure. there's people out there that, that want to help you. And I mean, what a great story. And we're, we're surrounded by people like that. Just you got to be able to see the opportunity. Yeah. And he was he was hard on me. And I remember I left there. I, I was there for six months because I wanted to I wanted to be a broadcaster. So either was a Thursday in, let's say, May of May of all one where I had a really good day. So I think four cars. So I had a really good day financially, nice. really good day. And I'm sitting outside. It was a, it was a Thursday night and I'm, I'm sitting in my car and I look in my rear view mirror and I look at myself and I go, Shane, you just sold four cars today. You be, hell, I don't know what I made that day. Three grand. I mean, it was a good day. <laughs> and I'm like, you're miserable. The next day, literally, I got, I got enrolled in a radio school in Phoenix, Arizona. So then I, I went out there, got a couple big breaks. It was just a six-month place. It was like this little hole in the wall. But right. I met people, and I had a really good plan. My path to what I would call my path to victory right. was very defined in my mind. So uh, that next April, April of 02, I got in a job in Milwaukee. And when I was selling cars, but I was doing pretty well for myself, you know, financially, I mean, I, I, I was doing all right. So I get this job in Milwaukee and I'm 20, 25, 26, almost 26 years old, I believe. Right. Bucks an hour. So I donate, you know, I got, if you look close, I got, I got the holes in my arms. A little plasma. plasma. To pay yeah. for the gas money. I, w- I had a, a 1988 Plymouth Grand Fury. No, I, I think I paid 500 bucks for it. No air conditioning. I'm driving down to Miller Park to, you know, get some audio for this radio station as a stringer, basically. Do a couple little reports on the radio. Same thing. I look in the mirror. I tilt it up. I'm like, Shane, you are heading to Miller Park right now in this 88 Grand Fury, making six bucks an hour. And you absolutely love your life. And that was, if I ever... If I ever like wrote a book or anything like that, the name of the book would be The Rearview Mirror because it was a very powerful moment as that year progressed, slept in the car. I wouldn't suggest this necessarily, but it had to be done. <laughs> right. Talk again about the failures. I'm sweeping in the car, overnight in the car, like crazy stuff. I mean, I remember, so then then I come to Milwaukee later that year and it, later, October of 02, and I remember... I wanted to cover the state wrestling tournament and they gave me permission at the radio station to cover the tournament, do some reports back because the Valley's got great wrestling, a lot of reports. I did not tell them I needed a hotel room because I didn't want it. I did not want them to give me a reason to say no. Right. So I, I remember outside the Cole center, early two thousands, late February, covering the state wrestling tournament, sleeping in my car out in the parking lot. Greg Bell, again, at the, at the time was the station manager. He later told me when he got wind of it, like, Shane, we'll get you a hotel room. <laughs> but I didn't, at that time, I was like, I'm not taking that chance. Yeah. I'm not taking that chance. And that's why I think, too, now I get to, you know, when I do a lot of these broadcasts, that I'm, I'm fortunate where they put you in some pretty nice places. And you know what? When I'm walking into that hotel room I, or that hotel, I have an extra appreciation because I've been in the car. And I'm right. I wouldn't trade that for anything. I, I I love. I'm not saying I ever want to do it again, but maybe maybe some other time I'll sleep in the car a couple of times because it was just it just just kind of reminds you it's humbling, you know. It just reminds you of of where you started. And I will never ever forget those days because again they were valuable, so valuable. Uh, I I so believe it. And hey, 26 years later, Shane, the cars are a little bit better, maybe a little more comfy to sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that is just, I, it's incredible. You, you chased your dream. We're, we're you know we're, we're watching you on the Big Ten Network. You're all over the place. What is your day in the life now like? I mean, with the travel, I'm not, I I'm kind of like you in the way I really like the behind the scenes and just the travel that you do. I mean, you, you're you're all over the place. I mean, what what is it kind of a day in the life? I you know I know you're particularly busy during the wrestling season, but you've got yeah. college baseball coming up here, and you're doing college football. And you're, you're year-round and, and all over the place. Yeah, so now, uh, earlier today, Big Ten Network called me, going to give me another baseball game. So I got three baseball games. And again, 
I've been trying to get a baseball game for the Big Ten for six, seven years. And it, it just, for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. And you just, again, go back to keep working. Things will take care of themselves. That That's big advice I would give to people, too, is what we were talking about before. State of the process. And if, you know, quite frankly, if you're good enough, things will work out for you. But, um, yeah, I mean, right now, because I also have a sales job that I have, too. You know, so I got yeah, I got too much on the I got way too much on the plate. But right. it is what it is. But uh, from a broadcast standpoint, you know, when you do when you do football, a lot of times you're gone for, you know, three, four days. Foot, football is such an interesting football is an event. College football. I mean, this last year got to go to I was mainly in the Big 12. So I was at Oklahoma State a couple times, Kansas State a couple times. Did a game at West Virginia, which was a blast. Oh, West nice. Virginia, the funnest game I did. And, uh, and then I got to go to the Swamp. So you walk into the Swamp, first guy I run into, Steve Spurrier. So that was oh, nice. Yeah. I looked at national championships, and, and they were really good in the 90s. And, of course, Tim Tebow was there. And I've always had a lot of respect for Tim Tebow. But it's just a lot of – it's it's a lot of there, – there's always something to do, Joe. I mean, there's always something to do. You, you can always read more. You can always research more. Always looking for stats. So I would say, quite frankly, it, it's kind of a 24-7 I don't even want to call it job because I don't look at it like that. I, right. I would say like a, it's a 24-7 um, I don't know if I use the word adventure, whatever, but it's um, you're always working to get better because, like I said before, you know, the reality is there's a, there's a lot of Shane Sparks out there that want to you know, want to do what I do. So uh, you always support people and I'm always going to be nice to everybody, but I'm also on the same time, you know, I'm also trying to get better myself because you, you never want to relax. Give right. me a great story I heard once. Love this story. Stephen Neal uh, was a, was a national champion. And I want to say 99 for Cal state Bakersfield at heavyweights and went on to play for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I think he's got three Super Bowl rings. So him and I once are, I'm doing an event at the Forum in L.A. And I love those venues, too, because the Forum, like Magic Johnson played their Showtime Lightning. Right. One of the first wrestling matches I ever got to do was Jenison Fieldhouse, Michigan State. That's where Magic Johnson played. I, I love the venues and the history. But anyways. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm having some beers with, uh, uh, having some beers with him, with Stephen Neal. And I go, Stephen I'm sure you get asked a million questions about Tom Brady. So I'm going to ask you one, and I'm not going to ask you more, but I got to ask you one. I go, what's one thing about Tom Brady that is just like really speaks to his level of excellence? Right. And he, he didn't hesitate. He goes, if Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl on Sunday, the next day he's working because he's paranoid he's getting cut. And that really resonated with me. So with that being said, Joe, I'm always kind of working something. I mean, it's always just trying to improve myself in some capacity. Uh, whether it, you know, another thing too, and I'll get I'll get back to this here in the next couple of weeks. Do a lot of road biking, work on my physical health, sure, mental health. You know, does, does road biking affect my broadcasting? Absolutely, it does. Does the way I eat affect my broadcasting? Absolutely. Sleep, absolutely. I think when you want to be the best at something. And I struggle with this. I do struggle with this. It's hard to have balance. Because yeah. when you really want to be the best at something, it's hard to be it's it's hard to have a balanced life. And and, and that, you know, quite frankly, is I've I've struggled with that. I mean, I got four wonderful kids, three that are, you know, eight, you know, Logan's a senior. I got a daughter that's a sophomore, so I got two in high school, and then I got my uh, uh, the caboose, Hallie, who I call Halliewood. Uh, she's she's eleven. Uh, so I, I still, it's important to be a great dad too. I mean, that's, that's a super high priority, but uh, that's where it gets a, a little bit challenging, but uh, you got to figure it out. You got to navigate it and figure it out for sure. Yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I have kids in the high school and college age and it's, yeah. it's, it's a battle. I mean, you, you want to be, the, you're right to be the best. It takes time. I can only imagine how much prep time you put in for, for all of this. It, it has to just be. I mean, it literally has to be a lifestyle. You must have to take it in every 24-7. It, it is. I was uh, I was doing the Wisconsin State tournaments. Uh, so I'm out in Madison with a, a good friend of mine, Dick Fosters. He's a coach at, at Freedom High School. Fantastic human being. And him and I are are, are out because it's all, it, you know, it's it's end of the tournament. 
and we run into some guy and he, we get talking wrestling and the guy goes, uh, you know who Tate Orndorf is? And I'm like, oh yeah, Tate Orndorf, Ohio state by way of Utah Valley. He started out at Utah Valley and then he transferred to uh, Ohio state. And he's like, man, he goes, I used to, I wrestled Tate Orndorf like in high school. And, uh, he goes, he goes, uh, I looked at him, I go, Tate Orndorf, Eagle Scout. And the guy goes, the guy goes, <laughs> and then he goes, do you know where he's from? And I go, Tate Orndorf, Spokane, Washington, University High School. And the guy, <laughs> he, he was like, why? I could tell he was, but that's what you do. I mean, it's, yeah. it's drilling. You know, that's another thing too. It's, it's not only the prep work, but it's, then you got to drill. Like you, you got to put yourself in different scenarios from a broadcast standpoint and like drill kind of like what I talked about with John Colasso. You got to refine your craft. You got to yeah. work it. And, and I got a long way to go, Joe. I learn things every single time I do a broadcast. And I will say this, when I get done with the broadcast, I'm, I'm very critical of myself. And I feel like I'm like the dog at the dog track chasing the rabbit fur, like right. dog, a hustle. And hustle, and he thinks he's getting it, but it's he's never getting it. And yeah. that's how I look at broadcasting. Like you try to keep getting better, making adjustments, small adjustments, and it's like you're chasing down that perfect broadcast, and it just will never ever happen. But that's what you gotta you gotta shoot for. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That, that great stuff, Shane. I I love it. I I, I, don't know, I geek out on that kind of stuff. I love the, I love the process, and just is just what. What it Let takes me, to make it. What's your What's your favorite sports stat? What do you got? I, I love stats and nuggets. You You got a favorite stat? You know, with, with me, it's interesting you say because I, I I always marvel at you. You have the retention. So I, I, everything you talked about, the stats, the the listing off the schools. You know, I've always struggled with retention and just keeping keeping numbers straight in my head and all that. That's something that I have to battle with every day. So. I, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about, were you a good student, you know, in, in elementary school, high school, or do you just have the ability to, to retain, you know, these stats, this information that you need to spurt out on air? Is, is that something that, is that something you're specifically concentrating on to, to develop? Is it, is it taking you a life lifetime, I guess, to get to this point? It, it has taken me a lifetime and I'm still not there. If, I, if I'm being real honest, Joe, I, I keep reminding myself I need to get to the doctor because my, my head doesn't feel right. And I keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. I should have been there 10 years ago. I, um, first of all, I was not a great student. If I could do it again, I would do it differently. And part of the reason why I wasn't a great student and it's a bad excuse. And I would not recommend this, but it was, I'm going to be a sports broadcaster. I don't need algebra. I don't need to pay attention in social studies because I'm not going to use this. That is Man, if I could sit myself down as a 10-year-old, I would say, Shane, algebra is good for your brain. This is how I would have sold Shane Sparks a 10-year-old. Shane, algebra is really good for your brain. It'll make you think. It's good brain exercise. And that way, when you are in an intense broadcast and you need to, maybe it's on your prep work or whatever else, your brain's going to have that kind of muscle. What I'm telling you, Joe, may or may not even be true. Right. That's what I would have told myself at that age. I wish I would have paid attention in English. I don't necessarily, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm a great speaker. I don't have great command over the English language as well as I think I would have had I, you know, uh, done better in school. One thing, Joe, where I, which is pretty crazy is I do not, I never really went to college. Mm -hmm. I went to this Arizona school for like six months. It was a little radio school. God bless it. It got me connected. That was the purpose of it. But um, I, I really don't have a day of TV training in my life, which is kind of comical. Uh, and, and sometimes there's questions I want to ask where I'm too embarrassed to ask them because they're going to be like, uh, didn't you learn this in the first two hours of school? <laughs> what do you mean you didn't go to school? Well, who in the hell let this guy in? I mean, that, that's kind of how I think. But um, my memory, my memory is pretty good, but it's, it's, there are times where it gets difficult, like wrestling. I just, I've been around it so long. I know it like the back of my hand, but when I'm doing a sport that I'm not real familiar with, like sec football. And it, when I did that Florida game, I remember struggling. I, I struggled with a few. I remember in the open uh, that week they had fired. If I remember right, their defensive coordinator. So I had to remember the old defensive coordinator and then the new one. 
not household names for me. And that was a struggle. So I've, it's, it's not easy. And I really have not figured that out. And I just mentioned, I said, told my girlfriend today, I need to start reading. Like I don't, I'm just a little bit worried about myself, to be honest with you. Maybe some would say you got so much stuff going on. No wonder you're, you're losing your mind sometimes. Maybe <laughs> that might be true. But uh, I don't read, and I need to start reading. If, if anything else, just to, just to work my brain because yeah. I think that's really important. You know, I, I'm right there with you. I, I, I love to read, but I haven't read in years. And, and I love history and okay. all the great all the great names in history and even the successful business people, they all read the Elon Musk, the Thomas Jefferson's the John Adams. They're all, they were all just readers and they just, they just brought it in their whole lives. They, they'd read and you're right. And I, I don't do enough of that. And that, that is I've, a, I've had an Al Michaels book. Like I told myself, Shane, if you get a couple broadcaster books, like this will get you to finally start reading. I bought an Al Michaels book at Barnes and Noble I bet it's been four years. It's still on the coffee table. I maybe read the first two sentences. Real quick, Joe, I want to go back. I want to get your favorite sports stat. I the spot here a little bit. What do you, what do you got? Well, so not really being a stat guy, but the, the stats, I, I have a couple that I remember. that I, I might not know the specific number, but I was always fascinated when you know, when Holmgren came to Green Bay in 91, 92, I had just turned 21, 22. That was in my prime. So I always loved this, the, the Lambeau Field home sellout number that kept sure. growing. Yes. Absolutely love that number. And same thing with, with Cal Ripken. I mean, I was fortunate enough that, that, that my dad grew up here in the, in the 50s and 60s, and he would have um, – a lot of great players, a lot of great baseball players came through Appleton, um, through the old Appleton Foxes, who are now the Timber yes. Rattlers. He was good friends with Earl Weaver. Um, so I'm six, seven, eight years old. Uh, I'm in the major league locker room. My dad was 5'2". Earl Weaver was probably 5'2". And those two, I'm in the locker room. Eddie Murray's a rookie. And I'm in the locker room, and Earl Weaver's right there. And I, you know, I fell in love with Cal Ripken Jr. Because Cal Ripken Sr. is a third-base coach. Cal Ripken... So I always just loved the streak for 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 what it stood for, the hard work. It's it's a lot of what you talked about. There's you know you have a lot of Cal Ripken in you, really. It's just well, and the biggest he, thing with Cal Ripken is too, great guy. Like yeah, how much is Cal Ripken autograph worth? Not a ton, not right. a ton, because there's so many of them out there. Cal Ripken, he was he was the man. I mean, he was Cal Ripken, Tony Gwynn. I mean, those two guys in that era to me, it was like. If Cal Ripken can be nice, everybody else better fall in line. And that's such a – Cal Ripken was the best. That's that's awesome. No doubt. So those have always been just kind of the two stats that I've always just kind of liked. You know, of course, I – you know, there's certain things you remember. I remember um, George Brett making a run at 400 back in oh. – gosh, I don't know. That might have been 1989 – no, 19 – sometime in the 80s. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I but uh, George yeah. Brett. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. George Brett was the man. He's one of my, he is one of my top five all timers. The first afternoon baseball game my dad ever took me to was in 84, a Sunday afternoon. And I can still remember it, Joe. George Brett warming up before the game in that baby blue royal uniform, oh. the eye black underneath, big wad of something in his cheek. Yeah. Number five, George Brett. He was the man. How do they make major league uniforms the bluest blue and the whitest white? The Dodger white uniform it, is just the crispest. It is, Joe. Yeah. You are so, it is so funny you bring that up because the colors. Yeah. You are right. The colors on a major league diamond look different. The they white, do. I remember the first game I ever went to, June 25th, 1983, Brewers Indians. County Stadium, it was Gorman Thomas's first series back in Milwaukee. And I remember, I'll never forget this, walking up the tunnel, seeing that green grass, it just popped. Yeah. And I remember the red on the Cleveland Indians batting practice jerseys. I'll never forget how that popped. You ever been to St. Louis? To, oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the new one, uh, me and my boys went there. They played the Dodgers, in fact, that night. What an incredible oh. atmosphere. Oh, the red. I mean, the red yeah. in St. Louis pops like no other place. 
But that's a really good point, Joe. The colors, the oh. colors, so memorable because they look different in the made every Joe. Everything look. It, it's like that great that great scene from from uh, in Bull Durham. You know where, where Kevin right. Foster's talking about the big leagues. But I, I think there's a a part in that little little uh, called soliloquy that he goes on where he talks about like hitting white baseballs in batting practice. Everything's yeah. a little bit different in the major leagues. Gosh, uh, it's the best. It, it really is. And the other the other motion that I absolutely love is just watching an, a, a big league player play catch before the game. You know, up by third base into short outfield, you know, whatever they are, 50 yards or whatever, and just that that fluid motion, it's just unbelievably smooth. Craziest thing, Joe. I'm at the World Series because I'm a Braves fan. And I always told myself to. Braves get back to the World Series. They won at 95. I went to the World Series. I went to game one in 99. Yankees sweep them. And then they hadn't been back there since. And I always right. told myself, they get back there, I'm going. Like, I'm just doing it, okay? You have to do these things. So I was at game five, I believe it was, in Atlanta this last year. Oh, Braves good are, for you. Braves are going to clinch it. They, of course, I, they hit a grand slam in the first inning, and then they end up losing. Luckily, they came back in Houston and won in game six. But right. that game, Joe, that game, I was watching uh, Carlos Correa take infield at shortstop. If you are a baseball fan, watch Carlos Correa take infield. Yeah. I, I've never seen anything like it. It was, I could have watched Carlos Correa take infield for an hour and I would not have gotten bored. Much yeah. like when you watch NFL quarterbacks warm up at Lambeau. I mean, I went to a, this last year, I went to a Colts uh, Buccaneers game in Indianapolis. And oh, I watched, excellent. watched Brady for yeah. uh, 20 minutes, just, just warm up. It was, it was insane. I'm just like, how in the hell do you do that? Like that, yeah. that fluidly, as you said, watching, watching guys that can do that, it gives you a whole nother level of like, these guys are crazy good. Crazy. Good. I, it's no different than going to the symphony or, or seeing a concert. I mean, it's that same. I mean, it's, it's the, you know, we say 10,000 hours, but it's probably 10,000 times 10,000 to, to get to that level. That I went to the Chicago Symphony. My my girlfriend tried to mix it up a little bit with with, with her because she watches. You know, she's her name is Lori. She's super supportive and and comes with me on this stuff. So I try to you know give back a little bit. And, sure. Uh, so we went to the symphony in Chicago. Uh, I don't know. It's maybe a month ago, six weeks ago. And I gotta be. I gotta tell you, Joe, brought me to tears. Yeah. It was. If you ever get it, like you said. That, that kind of stuff is incredible. I mean, I love the, I mean, the older I get, I love the symphony. I like things that are different because like I kind of talked about earlier in the show, everybody's got God-given talents that'll blow you out of the water. Like there's people that can do things. It will blow you out of the water. The, the pianist that they brought in that night, she was, I, I can't even believe she was a real human being. I mean, it was, yeah. it, was it was like unbelievable. And that's why, you know, the PAC, I've been there before for a symphony. That was incredible. They brought a pianist in. I've never seen anything like it. That that time at the PAC, watching this, this lady play piano years back, it is the most incredible thing I've ever witnessed in my life, I, I would have to say. I, I couldn't believe what she was doing in front of me. Uh, music, I mean, it takes you to a different place. It's it's It's... It's therapeutic. We it's it's so wonderful. It's just incredible when when it can take you away. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I tell you, Bill Walton will Bill Walton will enjoy this uh, conversation, won't he? I cannot wait to talk. Uh, I got an Uber. I uh, had an Uber ride. Uh, I don't know. Two weeks ago, and saw Toto and Journey. It's like I had nice. one weekend off, and I think fifty. I was like on a one weekend off in a fifteen weekend stretch. So I went to Toto and Journey, in Milwaukee, a couple weeks ago. And the Uber drivers got Grateful Dead on. And I said, listen. There you I'm go. We have a sports banquet in Appleton. Bill Walton's coming in. If you could ask Bill Walton any, you know, some questions, what would it be? And he said, ask him what his favorite era of, of the Grateful Dead was and, and expand on that. So I'm like, I will definitely yes. be asking him that question. Oh, and that will be a fascinating question, being a fellow deadhead with Bill. Uh, yeah. Can't wait to hear the I'm answer. Talk to Bill. That is going to be a <laughs> 
Shane, one of the best lyrics, a uh, uh, Grateful Dead lyric is what a long, strange trip it's been. And I'm, I've, you know, I think that probably describes your life as well. It's, it's, it's amazing. What, you know, what's next for you? I, I know we're, we're, we, we've been on here for a while. I really appreciate your time. I know you have to get going pretty quick, but what's next for you other than April 11th joining us is, is, you know, taking us on this journey, but what's next in your life here over the next couple of months and in, in, in years? Yeah, April is going to be a, an awesome month because, uh, like I said, I've been trying to crack that that Big Ten baseball uh, code, we'll call it, and uh, just super grateful that that they're giving me a chance. So I think it's April 2nd or 3rd I got a baseball game, and then they called me up this morning, added another game on April 9th in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's on a Saturday. Then, of course, the Red Smith Banquet is on Monday the 11th. Can't wait for that. So I'll be, I'll be really diving into that uh, with some of those, you know, getting prepped for that. Got another baseball game at the end of April. And then in that from that point, it's, you know, now it's May. Uh, and there I'll probably, um, you know, you know, I got, like I said, another job too. So I'll, I'll put a lot of focus into that. And, and these months go fast. You know, these months go fast. But, uh, you know, just, just really trying to be present, stay where my feet are. And, and, and I just kind of take it one day at a time. It, uh, I'm not a big player. Yeah. No, I did. Yeah, that probably wasn't a fair question. But I, um you know, you're such a baseball fan. I know you get a chance here to do a couple of games. I'm, I'm assuming you want to keep developing that. I, I, I got to believe that's a, yeah. a dream. I've always said this, and I, I probably got to find a, a, a better analogy. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I love I love baseball. I mean, I love wrestling. Like, I love wrestling. But uh, I know. But, uh, you know, baseball is just a different love. It's my first love. It's where I got my first opportunity, and they're so different. You know, baseball and wrestling are so different. Uh, the, the the wrestling side of it's a little bit more intense. Obviously, baseball is just kind of a more of a, a conversational game, and I think that's where I got. Uh, I'm not so sure the Big Ten trusted me that I could I could lower my levels quite a bit, which I can. Uh, right. When I did the when I did the reporting for uh, for ESPN Plus last fall, a lot of times when you're doing some reporting, it's on you know, there's some pretty tragic stories. So you're not going to come out with the tragic story like, hey, Shane Sparks, you're in Oklahoma State. <laughs> it's it's a very dialed back. So I sent them some of those clips, and I think that probably served me pretty well. But, uh, yeah, try to get some more bait. You know, it's just – I think one thing, too, Joe, that I've really – I think it's helped me is uh, I don't look too far ahead. I, I look at the, you know, the most important the, – the most important broadcast of my life is the next one. Right. That's just, so the, the next one, and we'll learn because I, I haven't done a lot of baseball. I, I haven't done it, so uh, it'll be. I'm sure I'll be, you know, quite frankly, nervous. I'll, I'll be, you know, excited for the opportunity, but I'm not a, you know, I'm not a seasoned baseball broadcaster yet. So that'll be some different challenges that I think will just develop me and my overall broadcasting. So that'll be that'll be a really good opportunity. Do you have but a color guy then? Do you have a partner, a color analyst, or yeah. what? Yeah, and they, they sent me the, the names today, and I I just don't remember. But yeah, they'll be, and I'm sure they're they're probably pretty pretty high profile guys, really good experience. And I think that's that's one thing that I think will be really good for me is, uh, I don't know baseball like I know wrestling. So right. I, I think from that standpoint, I'll have a million questions for a baseball analyst. Sure. Uh, so I. A baseball standpoint, I'll really rely heavily on that analyst, uh, probably somebody that's familiar with Big Ten baseball as well. I mean, I don't, I'm not an expert in, in, in Big Ten baseball, but uh, I'm just looking forward to it. And hey, probably learn some things, won't be perfect, but that's do okay. You, do you meet with, so when you get to the event, do you, have you worked with, with I'm sure you, you at times you work with the, with the analyst, but are you sometimes going in cold first time on air? Or do you, do you practice? I, I guess how do you? Yeah, you go in. You go in with some kind of preparation, like on football. Football was a lot of fun because I got to work with uh, some of the analysts I had this year. Were Ryan Leaf worked the game with Ryan once. Nice. Brandon Whedon. He was a, he was a rock star. Brandon Whedon was a first round pick of the Browns and I think a second round pick of the Yankees. Uh, and then he, uh, you know, he started Oklahoma State. He was, you know, he was like 27, 28 years old, I think, when he got drafted because he went to the Yankees minor leagues. Sure. He college. He was fantastic. I loved awesome, awesome guy. Just super cool. We hit it off. But um, we we would have meetings, production meetings before those football games 
uh, you know, going over things. Football, I mean, football, we would talk to many times with uh, both teams, head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, maybe a player or two. Like there was plenty. I mean, there was plenty of, uh, you know, plenty of, of, of prep work uh, through those production calls that went into the football side. Baseball, I'm not, you know, this will be my first time, but I'll, I'll bet it's, I'm sure it'll be pretty, um, I mean, I would assume there'll be some conversations there and, and uh, you know, trying to get it, you're just kind of getting a feeling on on who you're working with. I think that's important. You know, right. you, want, you know, that's, you want to be easy to work with. I mean, you just, you want to be easy. You don't want to be, you just don't want to be difficult in any way. I got to believe that's hard work being difficult. I think that takes a lot of effort. That's just my opinion. Yeah, you know, I've, I've never tried it. It's, it's crazy though that, this this business, and, and I'm not in that upper echelon by any stretch, but you you see it a little bit from time to time. Like you hear some of the stories about, you know, this guy's like this or this. I mean, all I care about, honestly, is I want I want people to work with me and have me walk away and go, yeah, gosh, he was easy to work with. Uh, great guy. We had a lot of fun. Uh, th- that's it. I mean, I want to make people's jobs easier. And that's what I tell anytime I'm working with a, a new producer or director. It's, you know, let me let me know what you need from me. I mean, I'm just. Like I said, you need somebody to clean the production truck, go get me a broom. I'll clean it. I don't care. You need me to clean the toilets? Go grab the stuff. We'll do it. I don't care. Whatever. Ab- absolutely. That, that is really, I can just see it. Like that is a, that goes a long, long way. Because I think in this business, ultimately, when you get the opportunity, you have to be, uh, you, you better be good enough, right? I mean, you got to be good enough. But at the yeah. same time, I think there's a lot of people that are probably from a talent standpoint, you know, maybe within that same range. So what, so what wins here? You know, if we're all in this range, what, what vaults you to get that next opportunity? I just think it's as simple as people liking you. I, th- I think it's sometimes it's just that simple. Do people like you are easy to work with or not? I completely agree. That, that's, that's how I live my life or at least try to live it. It's, yeah. it's not always easy, but uh, I, I think that's fantastic advice. It makes sense to me. And I, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that that I, I hope makes sense to them. But I, hey, I, I, man, I appreciate the time. It's been so great connecting with you again. Um, I just, I love our talks. You know, not 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 even just this one. Just yeah, just love talking to you. And, and um, can't wait to have you in Appleton. Can't wait to have you be the the MC and 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 you know, take the Red Smith in a, in a direction that we've never been been to before. And we're all excited for that. I'm excited to. Just sit down and shoot the bull with you. I, I, I know people. They're gonna, they're gonna love this, Shane. It, it's just you're, you're an open book, and we love it. And, and um, thank you, Joe. You've been a friend for 20 years. What you guys have done with the Red Smith is remarkable, and I am truly honored that you called me. It's a great privilege. I'll take it very serious. April 11th. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, thank you so much, Joe. I, I can't wait to be there. And I, again, just uh, really appreciate you thinking about me. I appreciate it, Shane, and and I have to remind the audience that I am not a professional at, at this. It's uh, it's done, right? Man, it's 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 purely done out of love. I've listened yeah. to the radio a long time, and I love it. But thanks, Shane. All right, Joe. We'll talk to you soon.